Welcome to Talk Commerce, where we explore how merchants, agencies, and developers experience commerce and the communities they work and live in. Don't forget to collect your free joke at the end of this intro. Store owners want to get more out of their e-commerce business. Real conversations happen when a customer-centered culture is the prime focus. Whether you are a merchant or a warehouse distributor or a manufacturer looking for digital commerce, you should look at your tech partner, either agency or solution integrator, and make sure they understand the business aspects and the workflow of your industry. We talk with Fatsal Shah today and learn more about his pragmatic approach to CEO coaching and learning. We also talk about Meet Magento and the upcoming Meet Magento event in 2022 in India. And now, your free joke. Why do Norwegians put barcodes on their battleships? So they can scan the Navy. This episode is brought to you by e-commerce Unconference, happening on January 21st in Orlando, Florida. This is a platform agnostic event and all are invited from any platform. An unconference is a conference where you decide on the speakers and the topics which are to be presented. Go to unconf.us, that's U-N-C-O-N-F dot U-S, to get your ticket. The capacity is limited to no more than 140 people. And if you've been to an unconference in the past, you know they sell out fast. Go to unconf.us while tickets are still available. Make a weekend vacation while attending a fun event. That's January 21st in Orlando, Florida. And I've heard there are some theme parks there that you can visit as well. That's unconf.us. My name is Brent Peterson, and I'm your host. Please remember to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. And now, Talk Commerce. All right, welcome to this episode. Uh, today I have Vatsal Shah. Uh, he is uh, a coach, uh, CEO coach, e-commerce evangelist, speaker. I've seen him speak in person. He's a pragmatic uh, at Pragmatic Consultancy. Sorry, Vatsal, please introduce yourself. Do, do it much better than I just did and, and maybe tell us one of your passions in life. Yep, thank you for having me here. At the same time, uh, yeah, you did well. Uh, so in a nutshell, if I tell about myself, what I do is I help IT companies, digital marketing companies and agencies grow from small to big, say from few million dollars to multi-million dollars or multinational companies. What I work closely with them in terms of strategy planning, execution, creating organization structures, their value propositions, pricing, and so on. And as a result, a lot of Adobe, Shopify, big commerce agencies have grown. Uh, I also work with various uh, mobile and app development companies, uh, web application development companies. So almost all type of IT sector companies I deal with, and I'm fully focused on that. And my passion is uh, when when people grow and then uh, they touch more lives and all prosper. They, at that time, I feel good. So I'm teacher at heart and businessman as mind. Um, I have a weird combination about education. I studied IT masters, then marketing majors, then psychology, and then brand communication. So I try to you know keep on accumulating new knowledge and keep on sharing on different platforms and. Yeah, 
माई मिशन इज वेर एवर आई एम आई शुड बी एबल टू ट्रांसफॉर्म लाइफ वेदर इट इज इंडिविजुअल और कंपनीज एंड माई इंडिविजुअल पैशन इज सिंगिंग एंड ड्रॉइंग साइड यू पेंटिंग सिंगिंग एज वेल So are you going to sing a song for us today? No because I may be singing in Hindi but your uh, like Indian language your target audience may not understand that. So uh, we, we, <laughs> we'll do a follow up uh, episode with you singing. Uh, we'll do the uh, intro. I I will sing a song for you in Meet Magento India because then the audience is right. All right, perfect. Um so today I'd like to kind of split up uh the topics between the store owner and maybe the agency. Okay. Uh and and see maybe there's I know there's different perspectives from both always there's different perspective and there's the third perspective from the developer as well but maybe you could go into um what customers the store owners want to get from uh out of their e-commerce business. Yeah. So uh, it has been my favorite topic since long. Um uh, we have been reading on internet or maybe listening the you know talks from sir simon sinek start with the purpose we might have read book of sir scott mckin which is what customer really want and there are a lot of popular conversation happens where customer centric culture is the prime focus so what i always look at is when any e-commerce owner or you can say merchant or warehouse distributor or a manufacturer looking for digital commerce as a space what they look at is uh, their tech partner or aja uh, agency or the si whomsoever you term they understand uh, uh, the business aspects and the workflow of that industry they bring subject matter expertise on the table they help them digitize their workflow instead of fixing them around a platform or a tool or technology which is preferred by them so uh, it is a interesting uh, you know six seven points uh, i can recall from the scott mckin that customers are looking for compelling experience and where the it companies or agency look at giving a customer service or development service or e-commerce maintenance service and so on customer look at personalization and personal focus that how i can help their business how can i increase their revenue um, how can i increase their order ros and so on but most of the agencies focus on tech part or they are focusing on digital part or ux part all together is a very rare combination most of the sis don't focus end to end servicing of the customers uh, customers want reciprocal loyalty means they want me as a solution architect or business practitioner to suggest what not to do instead i have seen uh, business analyst or e-commerce solution specialist keep on prospecting what next can be sold to the customer and uh, customer want differentiation if we look at said godin's book purple cow what they want is their store has to be remarkable or different if you look at all different chains of retail store all store will have components uh, similar but the orchestration of their retail sales is different and the same thing happens when you talk about digital commerce so i understand that functionalities can be same platform can be the same but the way it has been delivered has to be different whereas uh, i have seen that agencies are busy making accelerator packages and selling the same thing again and again So these are the some of the gaps which I keep on finding in the market, and I've seen the big agencies exactly do opposite side, and then they grow as billion-dollar company, and uh, rest keep on struggling in finding new customers, license selling, switching the platforms, and so on. And uh, and as a result, merchants struggle in finding the right partner. 
So it and it is not the problem in Asia. It is a problem I have found everywhere because I talk to uh, agency partners in US, UK, Europe, uh, Australia, Singapore, and in India. So I have seen this trouble going on everywhere. And uh, I would say merchants are right now uh, pretty savvy, but uh, still they get confused what is right for them. Yeah, I I, um, I I agree with that. So what do you think agencies could do to interpret what the client wants? Um, uh, in my previous talk, uh, which I recently delivered at Magento Association Connect, uh, which I recently delivered at Magento Association Connect, uh, actual problem statement customer is trying to solve. And then based on that, we suggest them write things. So it's interesting thing which I used to teach when uh, there was a curriculum going on in India that how to start digital commerce. And I was a faculty there. So I used to teach to the you know, merchants and the business owners as well that consider that you are going to the new city. And if you don't have enough money or you are trying on, so you won't buy a house or apartment. What you will do is you go on rental. So that can be Shopify. Uh, if you grow a bit big and if you are established, then you want a bigger system because you have bigger house, uh, like bigger family, and you want to scale it bigger. So then you can look at hosted SaaS cloud platform, or you can switch to Magento. And if further you grow, then you can have omnichannel solution, which is enterprise grade, which can be Adobe Commerce or any other uh, you know, top five solutions which we see in the Gartner's chart. So with the need of a client size and scale, if we suggest them right things, it, it works in a different fashion and it will reduce their cost of ownership. Uh, what I've seen is merchants struggling in their profit and margin uh, for each sale. And that's where the number of site opens, you find equal ratio number of sites gets closed down. So, yeah, I think that's uh, been an ongoing thing for a long time is, is the, um, is the sites that, go back and forth between uh, either agencies or platforms. That's happened quite a bit. Right. Um, so in the, in the beginning, you mentioned some breakdowns that agencies should pay attention about. Uh, yeah. let, maybe we could go over those again. You mentioned UX, UI. What, what are some of those high-level things that if we were to take buckets, the merchant or the agency is offering, and they and I think the other thing you said is they don't offer they don't often offer all of the different things. They're just offering one small uh, segment of those broader offering offerings. What what uh, what are the things that uh, that you mentioned earlier? Okay, so uh, interestingly, most of the agencies uh, they do requirement gathering, then they do solution specification, but they don't do like the product development companies do. So when you look at the product development companies or digital product development companies, what they run is a design sprint or discovery sprint. They go on MVP model. I have not seen e-commerce stores getting developed in MVP model. Uh, it is designed like you tell us what you want, we will package it, deliver, and then at the end we will support. I believe that business evolve over a period of time. What worked in 2018 may not work in 2020 and will not work in 22. So uh, it can be an MVP model, then we can keep on increasing the scope of digital commerce where the technology and marketing can evolve. And then uh, doing Moscow analysis is very interesting stuff. You know, uh, when I deal with merchants, I do that. Must have, should have, could have, and won't have features. And I would rather recommend them what not to do than so, yeah, it is 
not pro business when you talk about closing the deal. Uh, but what I have found is by doing this, I end up winning more business. Sure. Yeah. Um, so where, where then, um, the agency, uh, comes in if the client is asking for something, uh, that is, isn't measurable or is measurable. So what I mean by that is a lot of, like, I think what you've said earlier was agencies will just do exactly what the client says. And then they don't often go back and measure the success of whatever they've been, they've delivered. Uh, maybe you could talk about some things that would be measurable that an would help an agency. Sure. Uh, in in previous question also, I missed telling it. Uh, so one is consultation part. Second, I have seen that agency don't focus on marketing, marketing automation and increasing ROI of the customer. So recently I have seen that some of the agency have picked up a conversation where they say client that we work on value pricing or the amount of orders you get uh, or the increase of the revenue you have, we will have a share out of it. It is called performance marketing. So that is the, I think, new thing agencies should look at. UI UX is already people have been doing, but I would say interaction design can be the next thing where they can look at ideal customer profile, which is ICP of merchants, uh, clients, and then based on that, they can create customer flows and personalization. These are the costly things. So all merchants cannot afford. I understand that, but the people merchants or the enterprise who can go for it, they should look at it and agency should start looking at it. The similar concept, but at a smaller scale, they can give to all the, all the clients. So. Yeah. And, and I think you would agree that a agency should offer it and let the client say no, rather than never saying yeah. anything at all. Certainly, yes. Um, so when you offer something, at least you are leaving uh, customer empowered and they have rights to choose. So when when customer feel empowered, they, they love it. And uh, instead of dictating, this is not right, this is possible, this is not possible. If we give choices to the customer, they love it. Um, you, you, you made a differentiation between types of agencies. So maybe you could explain or tell us the difference between an e-commerce agency and an IT company. I think a lot of times those two things get blurred. Yeah, so uh, I have seen this overlapping conversations out there. Uh, I have seen uh, agencies of different type. One is their primary focus is on UX design and they outsource the development. Second, I have seen uh, digital marketing and branding agency, but they have small development arm and then the outsource development. Third is tech focus company, which is working on as a platform SI or implementation partner, and they don't have digital marketing arm. So this, all three of them claim themselves as an agency and which is very confusing term into the market. And there are pure play IT players in their menu. Also, you will find e-commerce development as one of the option. So I can see these four distinct types, uh, and then, uh, you know, all claim that they can build an e-commerce store. So what they mean, maybe uh, they may put up the right components. They may integrate, they check it and put it live. But uh, that, that is where not the business begins. It is, I would say, 20% of journey. Rest AD is missing, So which is around the business and the workflows and marketing and so on. So uh, it's a different way of looking at it. I have seen IT companies, how they built up is in a different way. What they look at is uh, we will make one thing and sell multiple times. So that is a product approach. There are agencies which work like uh, B2C or B2B approach. 
what I mean by that is they serve end clients or they sell dedicated resources. And IT companies are more focused on selling resources, staff augmentation, team selling. They are offering manpower to the other IT companies, agencies or to the end customers. And so that is one of the way of selling people services and gaining money. Uh, which is most commonly found in IT companies or product development companies, unlike agencies. And then the, what agencies look at is how we can create a masterpiece, how we can win uh, a project or a brand or a case study where we do value pricing. And we may do less number of projects, but we will be more profitable. So these are the two different tracks. And I have seen people get confused between two, trying both the things together and switching between two and so on. Um, so don't you think though that uh, in that to be an to be an e-commerce agency you have to be an IT company? Not necessary. Uh, I have seen e-commerce or digital commerce agency who are not an IT company, but they know how to do orchestration of all these components available. They do have programmers and developers, but their their center is not technology or product. Their center is commerce. So. Now you look at the big four consulting firms, they do amazingly big implementations, but their core focus is commerce or retail tech or digital transformation of retail chains, not a particular platform or technology. They use technology to deliver commerce. Uh, that would be the line they will be living with. Okay, so are you making the differentiating around platform rather than technology or rather than the, the skill set of the, of the particular developer? Because it sounds like an e-commerce agency, if they're only on Adobe Commerce, then then they're focusing on that and they can't offer something else? Uh, I'm not saying they cannot offer something else. I, you can see that most of the Adobe partners have started offering multiple platforms now, except a couple of, still, they are still low Adobe only, but rest of the people have started, uh, you know, suggesting different platforms. What I'm saying is their core concentration, even while requirement gathering and suggesting to the customer is revolving around a product platform or the technology. It's not around commerce. When you put commerce into the center, what you start breathing is, uh, what is the customer's product? What is their differentiation? How we can create story around clients' products? And then you start building, you know, canvassing uh, their customer's journey and then fit commerce technology in that. So it can be then in-store in catalog, can be wearable, it can, so it brings the omni-channel uh, solution. So uh, so it's what what is the first priority, uh, technology first or commerce first? Yeah, okay, I get it. So I think that a lot of the, a lot of the agencies that have been Magento only are focusing on making sure the client fits into Magento. And Correct. what you're saying is f figure out what the customer needs first and then find the best solution for them. Correct. And then uh, wherever the right components are fitting, you fit components and technology in the client's needs. So it can be Magento, it can be Shopify, uh, it can be front end with Hiva, or it can be view storefront, or it can be anything else. It uh, backend can be anything, ERP can be anything, PIM can be anything. So it's not necessary that it only one product can be fitted. Yeah, you can have one product as a base and then you can revolve components around it, but the focus should be commerce not the product we are selling. Got it. Oh, so um, as we move through this, then how can agencies become more agile when they're making these decisions for on the behalf of clients? Oh, it is, 
very interesting phase we are passing through now. Since last uh, couple of years, we can see that uh, there are different layers of solutions available. So the way I said, uh, different platforms are available. Uh, there are platform which is economical. There are platform which is uh, right for the mid range, and there are platforms which is expensive. Now, when you want, consider that if I am an agency owner, what I have to do is I have to be agile in strategic decision making to sustain and grow. What I need to look at is my internal SWOT analysis I'm supposed to do. But at the same time, nowadays is a question on installed capacity. Uh, so people who are listening can Google GE9 metrics. It says uh, capacity building of the company. Now all the agencies are supposed to check a skill they have. They are supposed to build new capacities. Uh, earlier they were doing monolithic work. Now they are talking about composable commerce. They need to learn or unlearn rather different ways of doing and coding and practicing e-commerce development. Uh, people who are front-end developers may not be in need or maybe a different kind of front-end would be in a need. So a lot of new things are coming up. So if uh, I would be an agency owner. I would have forecasted this in 2018, 19, that what would be the next. Instead of being Legard, I would have been early adapter of different front-end platforms. Uh, maybe Shogun, Contentful, Front, a lot of many other things. And then uh, would look at how different platforms can help me deliver what clients need. Second, uh, what I have seen is agencies who have been, say, two decades old or two and a half decades old or 15 decades, uh, like 1.5 decades old, which, which has been a seasoned player who have been gold platinum partners. Adapting new change and embracing change needs a lot of evolution within, which needs uh, redesign of the process, recharging, in, uh, you know, uh, motivating people inside to learn new things and unlearn what they're already good at or the best at and reshape the organization structure. Um, earlier you had only one type of people, now you have multiple type of people. Earlier who used to be a king, maybe now is one of the manager. So a lot of structure, restructure happens. And then, uh, so th this leads to agile management. And if you go to any business schools, they teach different ways of managing business, but they, uh, I would say new terminology should be taught nowadays, which is called agile management because businesses or specifically IT businesses becoming now agile. It's not project management. Now it is business management is also getting agile because everything new coming in, new conversations are, you know, their uh, social commerce is going to play a big role because uh, three platforms will be merged. Now different ways of payment methods are there. A lot of things have changed. So I would say the people who used to be great may not be a fit into the market sooner. Uh, it will be survival of the test, uh, I would say that. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good way to put it. Uh, since things are moving, uh, they're moving exponentially quicker. It seems like um, you have to be agile when you when it comes to your management process, just like you have to be agile when it comes to your delivery process of your technology. Um, you mentioned uh, composable commerce. I know that composable commerce and content and commerce are a big thing right now. Maybe you could uh, explain what your thought is around com uh, composable commerce and how it fits into the, today's the world. I think you are the better person than me to explain what is composable commerce. You have been masters. Uh, uh, and, you know, 
a claim to be master in commerce space, uh, but I, I would say Composable gives a lot of freedom of expression to the developer or maybe an agency, also to the customer, where I have liberty to choose what all I want and I can uh, no, set up things together which works in the favor of my business. So in, earlier I would say it was make to order, now it is assemble to order. So if I say in a simpler word what is Composable Commerce is assemble to order. Depending on the client need, we assemble right components and deliver to the client. And uh, it, it it breaks the boundary of one particular platform's dominance. Uh, it becomes open to everyone. So we share the pie and the pie is bigger. That is what Composable Commerce is heading towards. And how do you feel content in commerce fits in with that? Uh, uh, last year in uh, Meet Magento UK, I happened to talk about content-driven commerce. Um, I always believe that we don't buy products. Uh, it, uh, there was a popular tweet because uh, of my session, which got viral. Uh, I said uh, that uh, people don't buy product, people buy stories around it. Uh, so you don't buy Apple phone or you know mobile phone or a Mac. You buy a story which is around Mac. Similarly, you don't buy anything it's like the I think you are using Yeti right now? Yeah. Yeah. So you have bought it because somebody might have given a great story about it and then you happen to buy that. So people don't buy products, people buy stories around it. Look at the community uh, we are into, say Magento community. It is, it is a spirit and the story which hold us together. So it's always that. It's never a product. Uh, and then uh, when you talk about expression of content, Nowadays, Generation Z is coming in. The next set of buyers are Generation Z. They, they are a bit patient. They are digital. They are tech savvy. They read about brands. And then they choose uh, products which connects to their values, uh, which, which is eco-friendly, which builds loyalty and trust. There are some of the key points we can find in McKinsey article, how their behavior traits are. And then uh, looking at that, content-driven commerce will be the key. And when you talk about D2C brands, they talk more towards the brand story and content, their philosophy, why they made it, and so on. So it is going to be an interesting part. I know that you mentioned uh, earlier around growing your e-commerce business. What do you think it takes to sustain and continually grow an agency in this e-commerce world? So um, uh, recently, what I have uh, seen is uh, not only e-commerce development, but marketing of store using marketing technologies uh, or maybe automation and then uh, there can be a huge gap in terms of a need of skilled manpower uh, which we need as a merchant or a ma uh, you know, manufacturer to run my e-commerce store uh, if agencies start focusing on giving that service which is called e-commerce process outsourcing epo uh, which is called Manage E-Commerce Store. So some of the people I have seen, uh, some companies have started this service since one and a half year or two and they are get catching wildfire. What it does is this allow merchants or manufacturers to focus on their core business and rest of the grunt work which they need to manage the store is also done by the agency. Uh, maybe a subcontracted partner agencies have. But uh, th that, that can be, you know, new addition. Uh, to grow agency business. Second, uh, I would say no client is small. Maybe a new budding D2C brands can be a unicorn in coming two, three years. So agencies can look at how they can start small and then grow along with the client and working on performance 
marketing along for the client or e-commerce store can be amazing thing. And the way I recommended, uh, we should look at G9 metrics, which is called installed capacity. So what kind of team composition I have, skill metrics I have inside the company. I have to keep on checking and updating it to stay into the market. Yeah, I think you uh, you mentioned something interesting there about um, about no client is too small. And oftentimes you do get a big client that has a small idea that wants to grow it. So that's a great way to look at it that, hey, they, they this is a really big client, but they want to do something that's as a test, right? And there's all kinds of tools out there to, to test their ideas. And you as an agency or, or as an agency has to be willing to take up that test and move forward with that. Uh, with that client and, and it could be a small client and, and the agency believes in them or it could be a big client that has a small idea that the agency believes in. I think both are very valid. Okay. Um, you mentioned um, Meet Magento a few times and I'd like to go into um, Meet Magento's now. Um, yeah. You've attended all the Meet Magento Indias? Uh, I have been to almost all, uh, yeah, I attended all and, uh, I have taken a role play in four, not one, not in one, uh, because I was, my talk was not selected by you. <laughs> I would say that, uh, just kidding. But, the, yeah, in the, uh, in the first episode of Meet Magento, I, I was speaker. Then in the third one, I was, uh, uh, anchor and speaker. I'm hopefully contributing this year as well. Uh, and then uh, not only in Meet Magento India, I have been uh, contributing to Meet Magento Singapore, Indonesia, UK, wherever I get an opportunity. Uh, recently, I contributed to Magento Association Connect as well. So, yeah, I love Magento community because uh, I started my uh, journey with Magento when the first beta release was there. Uh, I still recall a day when I used, I used to do a job and my CEO gave me a big printout of Magento architecture uh, and then the data structure. And then I say, what the hell, how, how this can be possible? I'm talking about 2008, nine. And since then I, I have been, then I left my IT job. And then uh, at that time I used to be e-commerce product manager. And then later on I started my consulting career and helped a lot of e-commerce agency grow on using Magento. So yeah, it has been fantastic journey. And personally, I love orange. <laughs> and now I'm forced to love many more colors, like green, blue, and so on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, let's just say we've been talking a lot about agencies. As an agency, why would an agency want to want to attend any Meet Magento? Yeah, there are a lot of things. One, uh, people don't generally spend time on reading or entrepreneurs are busy managing things, which is coming up in the daily routine. So consider that if I want to have a quick review of what's new into the market, go to meet Magento. You will find world's finest speakers talking about the new trends, what is coming next. And then, uh, no, you can quickly learn and whatever you feel interesting, you can go back and explore. Second, you meet like-minded people and have a drink with them. Third, uh, it's fun to be with uh, community. You know, it's a different enthusiasm you have. You, you know, talk to you know, like-minded people. You talk about your case studies and you learn from each other's experience and exposure. 
that's the reason uh, you should read uh, and go into Meet Magentos. Uh, personally, I have been to Imagine as well four times. So it, it's all together different uh, vibes when you meet in person. Nowadays, it's dry because uh, we are on Zoom and then we're delivering session on Hoopin. Uh, but yeah, but uh, or Hubilo. But uh, when it uh, you know, goes back normal, I think it's very interesting conversation happens when we meet a large community. Yeah, and I think some of those conversations happen in person and different conversations happen in person and you feel more enabled or more empowered, I think, on both sides to have more conversations yeah. and things come up that wouldn't normally come up. Uh, well, it would never come up if you didn't attend. And I think it's harder on yes. Zoom to, to have those open conversations. What about um, why would a developer want to attend a Meet Magento event? Okay, so I would say developers' life is pretty boring, you know. Uh, sorry, developers, I love you, but yeah, that's how it is. You love computer and code more than the people around. Uh, uh, many may not agree to it, but yeah, I have seen that you're focused towards what is to be delivered as a tech part. Uh, so if you want to revive your human feeling, you know, go and meet your friends at Meet Magentos and then... Uh, exchange the vibes, learn from each other, feel jealous that somebody knows more than me. And then you go back and put up more hustle and learn. Meet Magentos also have certification coupons going on. So you go and attempt your exam, day off, get a day off, maybe paid a day off from your boss and then you know go and attend with your friends. I, I've seen that uh, developers can learn a lot of things. Uh, they're focused towards tech, but there they can also attend business tracks or you can say merchant tracks to see how commerce at a play. I've always seen that funny part that developers generally attend tech technical tracks. I don't know why they are not interested in business tracks. Actually, what they are making is actually empowering the business. So they should look at that also as a perspective. Uh, consider that if they want to become a freelancer or agency owner, they should attend business track to understand how this business grows. Yeah, I mean, you you bring so, up a great uh, great point about developers on how the developers should have a big, a broader view of the solution that they're doing when they're doing their coding. A lot of developers fall into that trap of, hey, I've been given this task, I'm going to do this task without asking any questions. Attending those business tracks lets you have a chance to learn the bigger picture of what you're trying to accomplish. Um, I, I, I want to key on one point. You said, why would a boss let their employee attend? And so my question is, why should a boss give their employee time to attend a Meet Magento event? If I would be a boss, I would let my all employees go and sponsor tickets. And then I will say them, go and see the world, how it goes. Uh, why? Because when they go there, they see the tracks, they look at different part of world, uh, people coming from different part of world, some from America, some from Germany, Europe, maybe Singapore, Australia, in, in the place where you are. And then they learn how to how they communicate, how they behave, body language, they learn soft skills. They also explore presentation skills. Even uh, some of the team members, uh, I would push them to talk as well. I would push my developers to you know deliver a talk as well. So that is a you know, different exposure uh, to develop a person's uh, personality. And then, yeah, they, 
it is always good that uh, there is a threat as well that uh, other you no know, many business agency owners come there for shopping uh, you know what i am talking about so uh, they they take away each other's developers that that is part of life and part of business but at the same time uh, uh, if i am having a great culture if i am paying well i should not worry about my developers going here and there uh, rather i would put them as a brand ambassadors i'll say go and promote my brand have a snowball effect bring many more people like you into our company and let's grow together that can also be a talk i can deliver as a boss to my team members yeah i mean i think you brought up a great point about that that it is a two-way street that your people are out there to recruit other people and it is a it is an open forum and giving them the opportunity to learn more about what's what's out there in real life and talking to other uh, other people in their same industry you learn a lot from that and i know in the past i've learned a lot just from attending talking to other agency owners you know you learn their experiences certainly there's going to be some filtering around that but you do learn about how they how they're experiencing their customers now and we did we earlier we talked about how maybe uh clients jump between platforms well clients definitely jump between agencies and as you start to bigger big talk to bigger agencies you learn this big client's been with this agency and this agency and they you know they seem to change their mind every two years or every year sometimes um i want to i want to key on one more point that you made too about uh, about uh, speaking at events like this and how these smaller events and actually, Meet Magento is not a small event. It's been quite large. It is a yeah. big event, uh, but yeah. it's not as um, it's not as uh, I don't know how to. Com- it wouldn't be compared to say Adobe Summit. There's not the same budget. Let's just say that. The why would what is the uh, per, what would let me try to phrase this question correctly? Why would a person want to speak at an event like that? Okay. So it's an interesting question. Many people have asked me, uh, you are not going there to sell your service or promote your CEO coaching course. You are not uh, an agency. You are not a developer. You are not part of Magento events. Um, Magento, you are not running a Magento firm or you are not running WordPress firm. Why you keep on talking there? So I said, uh, there are a lot of tech people are there and a lot of agency owners are there. Uh, if, if I have some idea and if I, if I can get a platform to share, it's amazing to get. And then I would say a lot of glory or you, I would say followers or you can say fans I have earned in my life or who appreciate what I talk is thanks to Meet Magento. A uh, lot of Meet Magentos I have spoken even in WordCamps and also in university forums. But Meet Magento has given me, uh, helped me earn a lot of respect uh, in the country where I am living and uh, it has actually made me a better person I would say and that's the reason uh, I should go and talk there it actually when I'm supposed to prepare for a talk I'm supposed to do background work study research it also helped me to improve my intellect as well so it's amazing to uh, go and yeah yeah so I I would I would just key in on two couple of those points that number one it gives you an opportunity to learn how it is in front of other people. It, and it helps you to collect your thoughts and put them into a format that helps you to communicate to others. 
and you will get direct feedback from others on how your presentation went, good or bad, right? Um, I know that uh, yeah, we've yeah. been talking about giving some coaching. If, if there's younger people that would like to present, uh, we could help them, uh, give them some, some coaching on how, and I'm, and I'm sure that you would also be good at giving some coaching to younger people or, or maybe uh, people that are not so experienced in public speaking. I would also say that since this is virtual, it is a lot easier to do a presentation to people because you don't maybe you don't see them out there in person and there's not that extra pressure. There's some pressure still, but you don't <laughs> see them there in person. Um, yes. So there's a lot of opportunities. And I think the biggest one is just that in in preparing, you end up learning so much about what you're presenting Correct. that in that presentation, all that time it takes to put it together you end up learning 10 times more than you could possibly have known before you started that presentation. Uh, I would add one point there. Uh, consider that what all knowledge I have, if I can summarize that knowledge in 20 minutes talk, think about how well I will be making my pitches to the customer. So it helps me create framework that how I can compress my conversation still it can be crisp and effective. So it helps in business development as well. So it's worth trying. All right. I promise I have one last question about Meet Magento. Um, why yep. Why would the merchant want to attend a Meet Magento event? Oh, it's interesting. You know, uh, uh, at one particular place, merchant can see what all kind of technology he or she needs is available. All the booths are there. At the same time, he or she can validate different vendors standing there. Third, they can validate whether that vendor is good or bad because you will always find people who can give feedback about them. Fourth, they can learn new things. Fifth, they can also meet a product company employees. Like in Meet Magento, you will always find people from Adobe. You will always find people from Dot Digital who are actually a platform or a product. So you can go and talk. You can get a lot of uh, extra advantage of meeting people who are from payment gateway or processor, like PayPal people is always there. So you find as a merchant, you, I, I can find quick solutions or I can have answers to my questions, which I have been thinking in my office. I can just go for a few hours and get those answers and go back. All right. So you brought up one more question. I, I apologize for not, I'm going to have another question. One, the last question about me, Michento, I promise. That's why fine. would we can have many more? Questions. Why would one of these, uh, aid, why would one of these tech companies sponsor a meet Magento event? So well, there are multiple reasons. Uh, one, you get promoted locally. So you be attractive to the new employees. That is one. That is one of the biggest advantage tech or SIs get when they promote in meet Magento. Second, if the merchant's footfalls are there, you catch the eyeball of merchant as well. And the third, any type of brand promotion happening, you should grab an opportunity to do it. Why? Because unless you are visible on earth, how people will notice you and uh, how you get, uh, you know, get more leads or the mileage. So I would say attending events and sponsoring events is one of the channels of generating leads or getting visibility. So people should spend money there. Excellent. Um, all right. So let's just switch to the Magento Association for a little bit as we kind of close things out. Uh, <laughs> That's not, yeah, we okay. won't get into anything contentious, but um, 
I know that uh, suddenly, because of um, because of some people, they've made some noise in our community, and it started with the Hoofa theme, and now it's culminated in this uh, mage open source community alliance that has put. You know, some of us would look at it. Some people would look at it as some division, and others would look at it as it's coming together. So I feel as though that it's helped us to come together better because really this open letter that they wrote has prompted Adobe to wake up, the Magento Association to wake up, and suddenly we're all talking. What is your view on that? So when people are sleeping, you have to make noise to wake them up. That's the first answer. Second, <laughs> uh, sorry to say that openly, but yeah, that's there. And second, I am also part of Magento Association community. Uh, committee. Uh, I serve uh, a committee called diversity and inclusion. And uh, you might have read uh, a blog coming out from uh, from the chosen ones who is going to take ahead Magento open source. So DNI committee actually played a good role in uh, choosing who can be the next torch bearers. Uh, so I would say it was intended, it was pending, but this noise helped them do it faster. So sometimes I believe people perform better and faster in pressure. And that actually happened. And I I, I echo the same, that it has uh, helped us merge together instead of splitting into two. So I think now it can be a better roadmap we can see. And I hopefully uh, see that open source survive, grow and thrive. Because uh, I would say whatever market share Magento has, the majority of it is open source, not the Adobe Commerce. So yeah. if it, it sinks, then there will be a vacuum in the middle layer of open source e-commerce systems. Yeah, and I think um, all, all these things are coming together now to show the importance of where the community fits in. And Adobe is also acknowledging that the open source product has a great hold on what what the commercial product does and that they can't simply ignore it and continue on with plans without talking to anybody. I would say Adobe cannot do it. The reason is open source clients are their potential prospects to convert into the paid licensed clients. Anybody who's on open source would likely to, if they grow, likely to buy Adobe Commerce. So actually for them, it is a lead generation platform. Instead of putting it on back burner, they should look at how they can thrive it more. Yeah, no, I agree that 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 this has been the this has been the question since 2010, since the enterprise platform came out. Is how do you is it a competitor or is it a lead generation or a or a um, uh, one league below? Like in 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 cricket, you have a Premier League, right? You have a, a a great big league, and then you have the leagues that are at, and everybody promotes to the top. So clients, okay. they, the clients should, their aspiration of a client should be driving to the top and having this premier platform that you're going to be on. Adobe needs to look at okay. that open source as the, as the driving place that helps people to move to the top. And I think, you know, in the past, there's been hundreds of thousands of users on the open source platform and they need to make sure that they're, they're, attending to those users because a bad experience in open source essentially means that they, they're not going to go to that commerce platform because why would they, they even had a good experience. Um, so from the Magento association point of view, then uh, 
I think there's only 2000 members, you know, and I think there's a hundreds and hundreds of thousands of developers that are in the Magento community. How can we get more people to join Magento Association? So uh, they have created uh, a committee, which, which is a community building, or you can say it, it adds more registration to the Magento Association, but I, I believe that it is not marketed well. Uh, uh, if it is communicated well, it will work. Uh, just for example, if you go on LinkedIn and you search Magento Developer, and you just select Southeast Asia countries uh, like India, Pakistan, Sri Lanka, Bangladesh, and Singapore. Um, LinkedIn search ends at 52K results, and then it's dot, dot, dot. You will find more than 52K people. If you just add this, those many, now you think about all different continents, Africa, US, Europe, Russia, Australia, New Zealand, and so on. So this can be, this has to be, you know, I would say 20X or 30X community. On, uh, registered on Magento Association platforms. I think it's it, it needs marketing. It, it needs a declaration that we're looking looking at people registering here. And I think it's not promoted well. Yeah, and I am on the uh, I am on the um, membership committee. Uh, we don't have any <laughs> control over marketing. Um, I think it has been suggested so, a few times that yeah. we do marketing as well. But what I, what I believe is when suggestions are not working, then the fork works, you know. So sometimes you need to make a noise, you know, then it, it starts working. Uh, ultimately, it's the benefit of within the community and association. Um, unless you get more membership, how you can monetize or how you can grow big or how you can pass on more benefits. So it's needed. It has, it has to be marketed well. And you, you always find great influencers in particular country. They are not even leveraging uh, those influencers to gain more memberships. Yeah. And I think one thing that I just thought of uh, that it seems like a no brainer is when we, when we do a meet Magento event, we should ask if those people would also like to join the Magento association. There has to be some way of, of opting people into the Magento association. If they sign up for a meet Magento event, I think those two pieces are disconnected at the moment. Yep. So if those databases are pulled into the Magento Association membership, it will create a magic. So I would say by default, opt-in can be a choice that if you register to meet Magento, you are attending for free, be part of Magento Association as well. Excellent. We've solved everything. Thank you so much. The Talk Commerce podcast is sponsored by SwiftDotter. E-commerce developers solve problems daily. In fact, some of those seem like mountainous hurdles that must be climbed in a matter of hours. Stress levels can go through the roof. No wonder the plague of burnout affects developers too. Ah, but there's a vaccine for that. Investing time in your career will take you farther than you ever imagined. Meet Swift Otter. Swift Otter exists to help you become the e-commerce hero that is indispensable and irreplaceable at your company. We do this through Magento Certification Study Materials and Joseph Maxwell's most recent book, the Art of E-Commerce Debugging. Go to swiftotter.com to learn more about how you can quickly climb the ranks in your quest to be a better developer. While you're there, use the coupon code TALKCOMMERCE for 15% off any digital goods at swiftotter.com. Thank you again for listening. My name is Brent Peterson, and it has been my pleasure to be your host today. 
please rate and subscribe to Talk Commerce. New shows out every week.